What's up? What's going on? Welcome back and welcome in. This is the Empire State of Mind podcast, and we want to welcome back Eric Hanman of 104.5 The Team ESPN Radio. He was our insider for fantasy, our Matthew Barry per se, at the beginning of the season. Hopefully we set up your drafts properly. And now with the playoff push here, we wanted to bring him back. So hopefully you can cash out and cash in at the end of the season. Eric, thank you very much for being a part. Oh, absolutely, Zach. I'm so excited for fantasy baseball playoffs. It's kind of what I, you know, build my build my life up towards uh, a lot of the time. I, I don't remember everything that I said, you know, back when we did the preview podcast. The only thing I remember is saying that I like Dom Smith, but uh, you know, like the rest of the Mets, I'm not sure it's working out too great right now. Yeah, I went Francisco Lindor, Jacob DeGrom at the top of my draft, so nothing's working out for my team, even with Shohei Otani and Black Red. Guerrero Jr. on it. Yeah, the top two players in the American League, and yet you're still not uh, finding yourself toward the top of the league, huh? No, 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 not at all. Just like having the, you know, <laughs> top free agent acquisition and the two-time Cy Young winner, you know, when everyone's on the bench, you find yourself in last place. So, but we don't really need to talk about the Mets, but I guess l- let's talk about the Mets quickly before we get into Yes, fantasy. yes. What the hell happened? What's going on? I mean, just in, in your opinion, you get a chance to to talk to Nightingale and and all the other pundits that cover this team daily. What have you heard is why this team has just fallen off the wayside? I, I think it's kind of everything what Steve Cohen tweeted, right? I mean, it's just kind of just a, a bit staggering how unproductive these guys can be. And I think for me, the thing that stood out uh, when I looked at some of the, the stats on the Mets was the fact that, okay, you have Pete Alonso at 28 home runs. That's good for, I think, tied for a second or around there in the National League. So that's good. But then you go down the rest of the list of, of home runs. The second most on the team is 14. And are you shocked to hear it's Jonathan VR? Uh, it's not Dom Smith. I mean, it's not Brandon Nimmo or J.D. Davis. And I know there's injuries and all that. Jeff McNeil, Michael Conforto. I know there's missed time between all those guys, but it's just crazy to me that in a league where, you know, you're supposed to hit home runs. That's like, I know people uh, don't love that philosophy, but you have power hitters like a Dom Smith. I mentioned him at the top there. He's only at 11. And I, I've been thinking maybe there's something to him having to play the outfield every day as opposed to DH that he did in 2020. But uh, I, I just to me, it's it's kind of ironic in the sense of, you know, people are a little upset or like the old time folks are like, oh, it's too much home run. It's too much for the long ball. But for the Mets, they just haven't done it enough. And I think that's kind of where the offense has kind of led themselves right now to where if the pitching is not going to be as good as it can be with Jacob deGrom, of course, he's out Walker, which was you know, maybe the first half of the season, you're not going to get the second half of the season. Uh, they just don't. I mean, look, they play close games. You look at a lot of their games against the Dodgers. Besides one laugher, they're in every single one of those games. They just can't close the deal. And it just seems to me like they just can't get that extra few runs per game. And and that's where it's kind of left the Mets right now. Yeah, you look at their run differential. It, you know, at one point in time was the only positive run differential in the NL East. And now, you know, close to 30 runs in the negative and not surprisingly you look at the division winner or the division leader at the moment, you know, they're close to a hundred plus for run differential. So not scoring and with every single arm going down at some point in time can, you know, it it just was too much for not enough. And the, 
couldn't get far enough out in front of the Braves, I think, to hold them off for 162 games. Yeah, I mean, the Braves, uh, even without their best player, right, Acuna out for the season, but they make a bunch of acquisitions at the a trade deadline, and they seem to be working out pretty well, and they're on the right trajectory. But you never know. I mean, there's runs for a reason with what the Mets could possibly do with their schedule of being pretty favorable at the moment. But, I mean, it's just you'd have to say it'd take a miracle at this point. Yeah, unfortunately, (laughs) unfortunately, September and New York pennant races don't really get along with the Mets. You know, that's usually the other way around where we're squandering leads, such as the 90 days we were in first place this year. (laughs) Well, yeah, that's accurate. It's just kind of crazy to think that, you know, not that long ago they were in first place. And then you look at the standings now and you wonder what happened, but. We go back about a month, you, a, a tale of two cities, or well, actually a tale of the same city. Uh, you know, um, about a month ago, you looked at the boys in blue and orange. They were on pace for what looked to be a playoff run, 90, game, 90 days in a row in first place. And the pinstripes were, were almost 10 games out of it and wondering if there was a chance to make the playoffs. And now – they're possibly, along with Atlanta, one of the hottest teams in baseball. What happened on that side? I think it's a lot of changing how they played the game a little bit, right? I mean, you look at the stolen base total since the All-Star break. It's been uh, one of the best in, in baseball. So they kind of decided, you know what? We're going to start running a little bit more here as opposed to getting uh, red lights and stop signs all the time, no matter who you were at first base. Uh, so I think that helps a little bit. But they're also, if you look at... The, the close games, as we mentioned with the Mets, the, the Yankees seem to be winning close games, a lot of close games. So um, it, it's, it seems simple enough to, it seems too simple, I guess, uh, actually to say, hey, they got two left-handed bats, Anthony Rizzo, which they did a lot of this without, right, for he's out for COVID, but, and then Joey Gallo, and it's kind of breaking up the lineup well enough to be able to put up enough runs. And there's still some concern to the back end of the bullpen, but you know, Jamison Tyone's shaped into form and, and Garrett Cole's still uh, one of the best pitchers in baseball. They've just done seem to have done their jobs in the last uh, few weeks here. And, and now things are swinging in a positive direction. The division is very much possible. OK, so how does that relate to what we brought us on to originally talk about? Is sure. there someone in either New York whether it be in the Bronx or whether it be in Queens that you should be looking at to make an acquisition here and, uh, you know, get tied to your playoffs run. Oh, uh, that's a really good question. Um, you know, we look at the Mets right now. I don't necessarily know, uh, you know, what batters aren't available. Um, I would imagine, I would think maybe Brandon Nimmo wouldn't uh, be available in most leagues, but if, if I'm looking at a guy that I would take from the Mets lineup, it's probably Brandon Nimmo, mainly because he's an on-base guy. And if we're talking about points leagues, he's going to get you some extra points. Maybe he was dropped due to the injuries or or to some struggling here. And and actually, I, I think the Mets lineup for the stretch here, you know, with Miami and Washington and even Philadelphia in some capacity, like they, they have a decent schedule where like hitting could be uh, St. Louis isn't the greatest uh, pitching team. I mean, they're throwing, you know, guys who are up there in age and Jay Happ and uh, John Lester. So I, I think the Mets actually have some interesting options. It's just, I would say Brandon Nimmo would be the guy that I'm looking at in terms of, of hitting if he's available in your league. And then also from the pitching standpoint, I mean, I, I don't know if Tyler McGill 
uh, is gonna is available in your league, but I think he probably is. I look at like I said, the the favorable schedule also translates to the hitting. You know, a little bit of Washington here, Miami there. Uh, I think that's a favorable schedule for some starters. So if you're looking to stream in in the playoffs and looking for a two starter, possibly when your playoffs come around, I think uh, Tyler McGill probably be a guy that'd be interesting to to use in your matchups. Because when uh, just to give an overview, if you're even in a, a category league. Uh, but if you're head to head, it's good to have as much uh, pitching as possible in the weeks. And that usually would mean that you're trying to pick up a guy who starts Monday or Tuesday that will most likely get a start in the following weekend, giving you two starts for the price of one, so to speak. And uh, I think with the Mets, McGill might be available because he's kind of fringe in a 10 team league, whether he should be owned or not. So along with, you know, that we also get a couple extra guys on the roster in each city you know not, no longer the 40-man roster but a couple of call-ups to to look out for is there anyone out there that you know was in triple a maybe double a that we'll see playing over the next couple of weeks that you can make a difference down the stretch yeah n- the number one for me actually has been uh, a guy who played locally so you know we're here in uh capital region tri-city valley cats he was here for for like about a month he was that good when he was drafted that'd be seth beer um, back when the Tri-City Valley Cats were a Houston Astros affiliate. But Seth Beer, um, I think he's a guy who should get a, an opportunity to come up and play for the Arizona uh, Diamondbacks, maybe a little first base. Um, you look at what he's done in AAA this season, his, his OPS is uh, pretty darn good. It's it's right around 934, um, which is on base plus slugging. And uh, he, he's been tearing out AAA. So I think if he gets that opportunity... Uh, he plays in a decent ballpark if he does in Arizona for, for hitters. Uh, so I, I look at him. Uh, if you're looking for a catcher, and catcher is an interesting part too because I would I would if you don't have a a top five catcher streaming a catchers for the playoffs, like looking at a Dalton Varsho possibly of those Arizona Diamondbacks to stream in your playoff matchups could make sense. And also Kybert Ruiz, who was uh, basically the centerpiece, I would say, along with Josiah Gray uh, from the Dodgers. In the Max Scherzer deal, I think Ruiz, if he gets an opportunity, would be an interesting guy down the stretch. Also, Adley Rushman, also a catcher for Baltimore, who could get that opportunity. Um, and then a, a pitcher um, to look out for. I'm not necessarily sure he's going to get as much of a leash as you'd like him to have. But for the Tampa Bay Rays, Shane Bass, uh, he was awesome uh, in AAA so far this season, or should be Double A before he got promoted to AAA. He went over and played in Japan for the USA team. Uh, but he's a guy that is an arm that could possibly replace Tyler Glasnow. Ironically, in that Glasnow deal that was for Chris Archer, um, who they're all back on the Rays now. Archer is back pitching for, for Tampa, ironically. But uh, Shane Bass would be a guy I look out for from the pitching standpoint. He's probably going to get some run for the Tampa Bay Rays, who like to use a lot of pitchers. The only problem there is he might not get you five or six innings because they usually are careful with their pitchers and they have enough and work them around enough to where he might not get as much length as you'd like. But he's still a guy that I would look at for for a, a, a rookie coming up, making an impact in September. Okay, so just to follow up on that then before we get you out of here, especially for the people in the keeper leagues or dynasty leagues looking towards next year, is there someone out there that you know you can pick up right now as a free agent and hold on to for next season, who's going to more or less make an impact next year? Well, that, that's a bit of a loaded question in the sense of, of, you know, if you're looking for a guy who's going to help you this year 
and next year, it's a little bit different than if you're just looking for a keeper who could be the next, you know, uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. Um, there, it, it's tough to necessarily uh, quantify that. Um, one of the prospects I really do like for for Detroit is Spencer uh, Torkelson. I mean, he had a ridiculous day in a doubleheader the other day. It was like seven of seven uh, for seven in that doubleheader. So uh, that's definitely a guy who is going to be top of the list, could be a big time hitter when push comes to shove, when he gets that opportunity. Um, and then Adley Rushman, who I mentioned, I think 100%. If you're looking for a catcher, he's going to be a top five catcher for a long time. So I, I would say Adley Rushman's definitely going to be on the Orioles in some capacity next year, uh, if not the whole season. I think it should be the whole season, and depending on how the CBA goes and the player strike that's possibly happening, it could be right away. Uh, so those are two names that I definitely, if, if you're looking just for one guy, uh, who's definitely going to make an impact next season. Actually, I'd probably put Adley Rushman one and then Torkelson right, uh, pretty close behind. Well, thank you so much for your time, Eric. We appreciate it. And, you know, just before we get you out of here, just, I guess, for, you, you know, the mic drop and the credentials, how do we do this season again? Me? Yeah, how, how, I mean, you have only, what, how? three of the last four championships, I believe, in basketball. <laughs> well, uh, for baseball, I do have, uh, this is, back to back uh so i'm going for the three-peat this year and a little unlucky in terms of some of the matchups so i am probably going to make the playoffs but i need to to sure it up here in the last couple of weeks and then um i think i'm an outside chance this year i, I got a little unlucky recently with chris bassett getting hit in the face and i don't know how long that's going to be out so that's going to hurt me a little bit kershaw's still on the mend uh but i hope that maybe i can make a, a push here and get the three-peat but not, not too bad not, not a bad season at all just a humble chase for a three-peat. <laughs> hey, I try. I appreciate oh. you having me on, though, Zach. I really do. And, and this is always fun, and it's good to see you. Yeah, absolutely. We, we You have an open invite anytime that you want to come on. And uh, certainly when we get into the football season, we'll have to uh, go head-to-head -head again and see if Roger is ever going to uh, get us on that dinner that he owes us from last year. <laughs> All the picks. We're going to beat him again this year. Well, hey, I mean, anytime you need anyone for a 15-minute Facebook segment, you know where to find me. So, Eric Absolutely, Hammond, my make dude. sure you follow him and find him every Monday through Friday on 104.5 The Team ESPN Radio on Big Board Sports, as well on Sundays, Sitting Sportside Sunday with Eric Hanman. You can find that on the free 104.5 The Team ESPN Radio app or 104.5 The Team ESPN Radio in Albany, New York. Eric, where can they find you on Twitter? Uh, at, at Eric H1045. And honestly, anybody who has a question about fantasy baseball or football, just, just toss them at me. I'll definitely uh, respond. All right, Eric. Thank you so much for being a part of the show again today. Absolutely, Zach. Appreciate it.